You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. you thankful to be in church? Amen. <clears throat> so good to be in church with you tonight. Turn with me, if you would, to John chapter 11, and we're going to read a portion of Scripture, just like half of a verse of Scripture, John 11 in verse 39. It's so good to be with you, and it's always a delight to preach here. Give honor to Pastor Carter, Pastor Robertson, and the staff at Mission Point, and uh Brother Hanscom, I think it was Brother Hanscom, just mentioned how blessed we are with leadership here, and, you know, that is true everywhere. Um, Pastor Cole, Pastor goes, and Pastor Robertson goes, you know, Mission Point, and by extension, the daughter works are always so well represented, and we're really blessed to have, amen, the leadership that we do here. And uh, it's no easy job. I think everyone should be a preacher for like two months. You probably quit three weeks in, like seriously. Maybe two months and you can be like, you know what? Not for me. Not for me. <laughs> Amen. Appreciate everybody being here, everyone online. And uh, all right, let's jump into this tonight. John chapter 11 <clears throat> and verse 39. Just one simple phrase, and it's from Jesus. And he says these words, roll the stone aside. Repeat after me. Roll the stone aside. One more time. Roll the stone aside. Amen. Tonight, with the help of the Lord and uh, what I feel in my heart for this service, I want to preach to you about a strength coach. A strength coach. Go ahead and put your Bibles down, uh, whether it's an actual Bible or your phone. Um, I, you can pick your phone up in a minute, but just pick your, put it back down just for a second. Don't freak out. Don't spaz on me. I'm not asking you to turn it off. Just set it down. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your word tonight. God, the next few minutes that we spend in your word with open hearts and souls, I pray that somebody here would move whatever it is that is in the way of their transformation. I pray, God, you give us strength and wisdom as we talk tonight. Bless each one who is here in Jesus' name. And those who are online, reach into their homes, touch their hearing. God, as they listen to this word tonight, in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated in Jesus' name. I, um, <clears throat> I go to a, a local gym, and uh, somebody just laugh at that. I can flick the off button really fast, probably faster than I put it on. I can turn it off. So rewind the tape. I walked into a gym one time. There, how's that for all you hecklers out there? And as I was observing eating chips and drinking pop, the gym, one of the staff at the gym, they... You know, they were working with a, a, a client, 
And uh, man, this, this, this staff member, he had, he had this, this client in some, you know, stretching poses, I guess you'd call it. Um, he, he had them lifting weights certain ways. He had them struggling to do it. Everyone do a pull-up? Not, did you wear pull-ups? Did you do a pull-up? You know what? There you go. So, like, just try, you know, and the whole time, you know, this trainee's, like, sweating, you know, cursing the day they were born. they just like, why did I pay this guy, you know, X amount of money for 60 minutes of just sheer torture? Have you ever done that before? Oh, now you're laughing. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So, but on the, as these two individuals are, you know, in this training session, the, the, the trainer on the back of his T-shirt just in white letters, it, it just simply says, strength coach. Strength coach. So wherever he goes in that gym, you know he's employed by the gym. And his job is to help people who just come in and who are learning and they want to get into shape or they want to change up their workout routine or they just want to transform themselves somehow. Well, you got to go find a strength coach because they're going to help you through transformation. Because let's just face it, transformation is not easy alone. It's not. So you, you, you hire these people who help you transform. And sometimes what happens is when you walk up in there, you know, and you're, you're ready to go with the strength coach, they're going to show you what to do before you do it so you don't hurt something and lose three weeks of work, you know. They, they show you how to perform the movement. And they make it look easy. They make it look easy because they've spent years doing this and training people, and they make it look easy. And like these strength coach at, uh, at the gym, they are legit. They are not posers. They are the real deal. They are in shape, and they are good at what they do. But when they do the movements, they make it look so easy. And you're like, that was nothing. I can do that. And then they have to help you up when you've tried to do that. But they make it look easy, and, and when you do it, it's hard. It's difficult. But they don't do the movement for you. They just show you what you're supposed to do, and then they sit back and try not to laugh as you try to do it. But you know what? It shouldn't be easy. True transformation shouldn't be easy. Anything that's worth time and money, it should come at some kind of cost. And you look at these strength coaches, they bring you in to help you transform your life so you're the best you you can possibly be. Because you want the really good after picture, don't you? The before pick, where you make yourself look horrible. And then the after pick, where you make yourself look wonderful. Cricket, cricket. No. But they, they make it look easy, but it's not. And when you look at training and getting better, true change and true life change, that progression is not easy, and it shouldn't be easy, all right? It shouldn't be easy. Everyone say it shouldn't be easy. We love to look for the easy way out, don't we? Mm. You look at like the shopping network or all the fitness gadgets that are around, Okay, here's one for you. You probably have seen it. If you own one, don't tell anybody. That thing you strapped around your belly that sent like electrical so you could zap your belly fat and make yourself look really chiseled, 
that thing, you, you know what, that, that ab 3000, whatever it's called, somebody called it the I give up 2000 because you just don't want to go work out anymore. You know, they put that out, they sold a pile of them because now you can sit at your office desk, eat Doritos, and get a six-pack. It's wonderful. But science says, no, actually, it doesn't do anything because you actually have to work at that and be disciplined, and you can't just take the shortcut. You've, you've got to work at it because, I'll say it again, true, authentic life change and progression, it comes at a cost. It comes out of this thing called discipline. Don't all plug your ears on me tonight because it's not a comfortable message, but so many times, even as believers, we want the easy way out. We want to be able to text message our prayer up to heaven. It's not always easy. It shouldn't be easy. I went to the gym, and I asked this guy, the owner of the gym, it's kind of cool, struck up a cool conversation, led into me being a man of faith, led into prayer. Amazing how things, like, he's on the elliptical, picture this, all right, on the elliptical, and I'm talking to him about praying for him, and he's like, oh, yeah, man, that's awesome. That's cool. I said, I'm going to pray for everything that you're going through, because he began to just, like, blah, on the gym. On the, on the elliptical. And I, I said, you know what? I'm having some pain in my, in my back and in, in my, my lower body. I just need, I need some help. I need some, you know, some exercise. There's something you can give me to make me get out of this, you know, sore pain that I'm in. He's like, yeah, man, no problem. You know what? Go grab a lacrosse ball. Go grab some elastic bands and go do this, this, and this. And you've got to do it every single day if you want to see progress. Every day. Why not every Monday? He's like, every single day. So a lot of times, if you come to my house and I'm laying out on the floor, I'm not passed out, I'm not dead. I'm just sitting on this stupid little lacrosse ball, moving my, my kids call it my butt ball. I'm sorry, but that's what they call it. And I'm moving myself around just to try to give myself some freedom of pain. But the, the owner of the gym's like, if you want to see results, bud, you've got to do this every single day. There's really no shortcut. And if I can put it to people of faith tonight, that translates so beautifully into our walk with God that if we want to grow stronger in our faith, stronger in the word, stronger in soul winning, stronger in the love of God, you just can't say, why not only Sunday, God? Why every day? And God's like, no. It's an every single day of your life progression that is tough and difficult and sweaty and ugly and you don't want to do it and you're mad. But you always feel better afterwards. Right? You go to the gym like hoping you're sick. I don't want to do this. I just want to go home. The football games, I don't want to go home. No, but you never feel bad over doing what you're supposed to do. Progress, everyone say progress. Every single day, progress. I love the strength coaches. And as I look in simplicity at their job, I reflect oftentimes what they do for clients, what God does for us. As they're working through their, their sessions with their clients, they're just saying, "And you know what, you need to do this, it's gonna be hard at first and you, you should probably expect some pain. That's a whole new level of hurt when you've gone through a workout and you can't even drive to work the next day because you're so sore. 
They say, it's going to be okay. You're going to feel some pain, but don't give up because you feel pain. That just means you're making progress. You know what? How many people live their life with Jesus thinking, God, no pain. I don't want to feel discomfort. I don't want to feel any pain. I don't want to feel anything that's, that's kind of off. I, I want to have smooth sailing. I want to grow and transform, but don't give me pain. Well, he could do that, but then again, he couldn't do that because he promised you pain in John 6 and 33, 16 and 33, when he said, in this life, you will have sorrow and tribulation and pain. So don't try to run away from it. He's just letting you know to expect the pain that comes with being his disciple. Expect the pain that comes with growth. Amen? And understand, if there's pain in the process, okay, if there's pain in the plan, then that means you're just going to have to get stronger in order to help you manage the pain you're going through. Is that all right? Because pain... In the process, it's not what we want, but we'll get stronger because of it. We'll get stronger because of it. Someone said amen. They teach you to brace yourself for pain. And can I tell you that? Serving God, especially in this wacko climate that we live in, it is not easy. It's, it's full of tribulation. It's full of sorrow. It's full of pain. It's, it's full of all kinds of things, but you, you hear me. You hear me, God never told you it would be free of that. He would, he'll be with you in all of that, though, and he'll help strengthen you as you go through the painful process of just being a disciple who is just trying to get better at what you're doing and transform yourself to be a better Christian and a better disciple. Pain. It's a real thing. Something else that the strength coat does, does for you, or actually they don't do for you, is they, they don't lift the weights or do the stretches for you. You do that yourself. They watch, they observe, they guide, and they instruct, but they never do the work that's required of the trainee. And God can't do the work that's required of you and required of me. That's our responsibility. Someone said amen. amen. If they did that, if the strength coach just took all the responsibility and let the trainee just watch and observe, then they're just wasting their money and wasting their time, and they're not getting anywhere. But when they come to train and they come to see transformation, the strength coach has the wisdom, and he knows what to do with them, and he knows how to transform them. And when he tells them what to do, he'll be there to help support and help guide. But ultimately, it's on the trainee to say, okay, I'll do what you're asking me to do in order to become what I want to become. And that is so much like God. He's our overseer. He's our good shepherd. He's always why. You know what? I love what Matthew 6 and 8 says when the Bible says that your father has need. Need, or your father knows that you have need of before you ask of him. And I, I've been on this for a while with our church. I said, you know why I love that verse of scripture? When Jesus says that your father has already knows that you have need of before you come to him, it, he knows because he's been watching you the whole time anyway. He's already observing you when you come to him with the need. He's like, I know, man. I seen you when that first came into your life. Now your faith is speaking to see that need met by the hands of God. So just like that coach, that strength coach who is there to lead, to guide, to strengthen, God says, I'll show you what you have to do and what you must do, but I can't do it for you. 
You can go hang out at the gym, but don't expect any life change. And you can come hang out at church. You can come hang out at church all you want. Look around. Be critical of the people training. Look at other people who are trying to just to be what they need to be for God. You're not doing anything. Come to church. Don't be critical. Get involved in what God wants to do in your life. Get your mind off what everybody else is doing and let God train you. Amen? Amen. He wants you to grow. He wants you to be what you have to be with Him. If not, then why are you here? Once you start to listen to God, just like the training to the coach, you start stretching and you start moving weight around. You start sweating. You begin to experience the power of progress that is revealed in the wisdom of your strength coach. The coach is guiding, watching, encouraging, cheering you on, and he's celebrating your process and your progress, just like God. He'll prepare you for struggle. Show you what needs to be moved because on the other side of your struggle and discomfort and behind what needs to be moved in your life is your transformation. Can I say that again to you? What's beyond your struggle is your greatest strength. How much like that? How much is that like God? Wanting you to progress further and further into the struggles of life because God knows that behind the obstacles that are in front of you are the greatest transformations you'll ever experience. Faith is going to be a challenge. Faith is going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. Romans 4 and 20, Abraham never wavered, the Bible says, in believing God's promise. In fact, Scripture says, his faith grew stronger, and in this he brought glory to God. Abraham's faith in God was strengthened through, someone said struggle. Say struggle. We all know that struggles are all too real. Unless I'm looking at a real awesome group of people who don't know what struggle is. Struggle is real. And I want what I feel in my heart today to tell somebody in this church, I think God is speaking to you in your heart, maybe subtly, that your struggle is going to make you stronger. That the thing you're struggling with will eventually produce incredible results in your Christian walk. Because you're doing exactly what God is calling you to do. You're listening to your strength coach. Someone said amen. You know, the thing with the, thing with, uh, the gym, doing all that exercise stuff, is that, you know, it's not just what you do in the gym, it's what you do outside of the gym. Right? So many people go to the gym and they're like, I'm not seeing no results. <laughs> Nothing's, I'm not, I'm not getting how I want. They go to their strength coach and they start complaining that your program's not working. <laughs> I, I'm not seeing any growth. I'm not seeing the, the, the transformation I, I, I want to see. What's, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with you? How come I'm just stuck? In the, a lot of times there's this phrase in like the fitness world that's used for like uh, just motivational statement. Eventually, you know, they're going to ask you, well, all right, then when you leave the gym, what are you consuming? What are you eating between workout to workout? What's going inside? Because here's the saying that they'll tell you is you cannot out-exercise a bad diet. 
You, you can't do all the work in the gym and then go home and pound cheeseburgers for three days and expect to see results. So they're going to assess not only what you're doing in the gym, but what are you doing outside of the gym that's hurting you while you're inside the gym. So the, the topic of consumption oh, comes up. What are you putting inside your body that's hurting your progress? pastor's not here, but he knows my number. He'll call me later if I'm out of, I'm out of line. But listen, you can sweat and you can praise and you can pray all you want to while you're here. But I tell you, a lot of times, what is stunting our growth spiritually is a consumption issue outside of the church. It matters. Just like it matters what you put in your physical body, it sure matters what you're putting inside of your soul and your spirit. You want to short-circuit a really good discipline in a discipleship class for your life? Start not having any discipline in what you see, what you read, what you listen to, who you hang out with. Oh, that went over real well. But I'm telling you, it's the truth. A lot of us want to have breakthroughs in our discipleship and breakthroughs in transformation, but we never address the consumption of what's going inside the temple of the Holy Ghost that we have of God. Someone said Amen. Uh, I'll let Solomon do the talk and take it up with him. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 down through 27. The Bible says, my child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them healing to their whole body. Guard your heart above all else. He's like, you better be careful what goes inside, for it will determine the course of your life. And then he starts talking, avoid perverse talk, stay away from corrupt speech, look straight ahead. Is this all right? Look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Solomon is simply stating, you better be careful about what you're putting in your mind and your heart because that will take you out faster than anything else. I'll tell you what. I might not be right all the time, but sometimes I am. And I'm always willing to tell you when I am. If you're doing your best on Sundays, and if you're praying, you're doing all you can do here, and you're, you're being nice and kind, but your life is garbage the rest of the week, your Sunday schedule is not your problem. It's your weekly schedule that's your problem. It's a consumption issue. It's putting inside that we shouldn't put inside, and we, we have to realize it affects our soul and our spirit. Someone said amen. Words of a strength coach when what you're doing inside the gym is not working outside of the gym. It's because what's outside of the gym is killing what's happening inside the gym. Listen, what happens outside the church has a huge implication on what happens inside the church. God can't shut your screen off for you, and God can't turn off conversations you have, and God can't break up with him or break up with her. That's on you. That's your stone to move. It's a consumption thing. You can't expect to see progress and change if you don't guard what you consume. And I'm guilty of it, just like anybody else. That's from social media right out to direct social relationships. And sometimes we surrender to the struggle because it's easier to do nothing than to struggle to succeed. 
What do I mean by that? Well, it's easy to be cynical and critical than it is to think positive and open-minded. It's easy to justify our actions than that are shrouded in excuses and face the pain and the reality of making necessary changes. It's easy to say that someone else will do it. I'm just too busy. It's easy to surrender to the struggle than to struggle until you succeed. One thing I know about sweet success is that it'll always cost you some struggle to get there. I heard this quote one time. I wrote it down. I love it. If it matters to you, you'll find a way. If it doesn't matter to you, you'll find an excuse. Does he matter to you? Then you'll find a way. There's a story in the Bible. I'm going to hurry up. It's found in the Gospel of John. And we opened up in John chapter 11. You can actually you can come right back to the music tonight. Opened up in John chapter 11. And this, the passage we read, the little tiny, you know, half passage, it was simply Jesus giving a command, roll the stone aside. Well, that, that little tiny phrase is a part of a bigger narrative that's happening. And in John 11, the man named Lazarus, who was a close friend of Christ, has died. And Jesus gets word of this, but doesn't show up to where Lazarus has been buried for four whole days. So Lazarus is good and smelly by now, and he's long dead. And, and when Jesus arrives, arrives there, he, he's met with some grieving people. He's, he's met with some people who are just upset of, of the death of Lazarus, who was a good man, he's a good guy. And people are upset, and they, they kind of start accusing Jesus a little bit. You know, if, if you'd have been here... Wouldn't it happen? In tough times, we do that. We start to lay blame. And, and, and Jesus, he kind of goes, all right, listen, where have you put him? Where, where is Lazarus? And, and I, come on, Jesus, he's, he's been dead for a few days now. You, you can't possibly want to go to where he's at. He's like, I want to go where he's at. So they bring Jesus up to the tomb, which is just a, a hollowed out piece of a hillside in, in the stone. And there is a, 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 a big, huge stone in front of the tomb, the opening. And it's just sealed there. And Jesus stands at the opening of, of this tomb and he, he sees two things. Okay, he sees two things. And I think when Jesus looks at you and I, he sees sometimes two things. He sees two things. I'm going to say two. He sees the miracle or let's say the transformation and then he sees the stone or the obstacle that has to be moved in order for there to be any kind of transformation. And Jesus comes to the opening of the tomb, and he, he's, he's emotional, he's crying, and he just wants to see this whole situation turn. And he says, you know what? Roll that stone out of the way. Roll it out of the way. Could Jesus have done it? Absolutely. Sure, he could have moved that stone, no problem. Snap his finger, that, that massive stone covering the tomb's opening is moved, it's gone. But listen, Jesus didn't put the stone there. People did. And sometimes we expect Jesus to move the things that we've put in his way. We want him to move them out of the way. And that's not the case, everybody. 
If you put some things in your, the way of you in Christ, Jesus just may say, you've got to move that. I didn't put it there. I didn't put that bitterness there. I didn't put that relationship there. I didn't put that addiction there. I didn't put any of that there. You've got to do something about what's blocking me and the transformation you want to see. Hello? Because that's the reality of the room. There's two things that Jesus sees right now. He sees the stone that's blocking the transformation that he knows can happen. He gives the call. Roll the stone away. Now, I, I, think, I think a little bit off the cuff, and I'm reading this story, and my mind is like, picture a room full of ping pong balls going everywhere. That's me. Like, that's ping, boom, 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 boom. They're everywhere. I am all over the place. The youth are laughing at me right now. They're like, man, I relate to that guy. And I got thinking about this, this one little statement. What if they said no? What if they said, no, we're not going to move that stone. We're going to override what you're saying because that's a big stone. It took a lot of effort to get it there and he's been dead. We're not going to move that stone. I wonder what would have happened if they just said, nope, we're not going to move that. Could it have been? that one of the greatest New Testament miracles never happened. If they just said, no, it's too much work. No, we're not going to move that. And no matter how much possibility there would have been, perhaps Lazarus would have laid in that tomb never to see the resurrection experience that he, he did as he did see. I want to tell you today, you say no to God that you don't want to move the stone that you put in his way that you're saying no to deep transformation when the strength coach says if you want to transform you've got to move that stone if you want to see deep transformation you've got to go ask for forgiveness person who you have fought against. Hello. You, you, you've got to say no to that pornography addiction you have to get deliverance and get help. You, you've got to break it off with so-and-so. To, I can't, Jesus, I can't move that stone for you. But he's trying to tell you as a strength coach to see your transformation that you've got Holy Ghost in the room. That you've got to move some things. Everyone say me. Say me. You've got to be the one that takes the initiative. Says, okay, I'll move it. Okay, I'll go say I'm sorry. Okay, I'll get off the social media. It's killing me. Okay, whatever it might be, you just say, I'll I want to see the transformation that happened when the stone was moved there was clear path between Jesus and transformation and we know the story Jesus gives that beautiful call into that black tomb where no hope was what's he do? 
She says, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus comes out of the tomb, bound in grave clothes. And Jesus looks at those who moved the stone and says, loose him and let him go. There's transformation because the stone's been moved. And I tell someone tonight, tonight as you stand, as you stand, this is, I want you to, this may sound heavy. Maybe it should be, I don't know. I want you to feel the weight of the stone that's blocking you in Jesus. It, it can't just be laissez-faire and no big deal. It's got to be, that's blocking my transformation. And I'm laying this squarely on you. That if you want to see the things that God has for you and you want to be the best representation of disciple and apprentice of Christ that you can be, then you've got to move some things out of the, your life so Jesus can speak into your life and cause transformation. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.